Uh, Father, uh, thank you for all you're doing in your world, uh, through your gospel, through your word. Um, Thank you for making yourself known um, who you are through uh, the pages of scripture. Uh, Thank you for uh, what it teaches us about you and also about um, your great plan of of salvation, um, which we so desperately need through your son, Jesus, whom you sent uh, to die for us and to rise again. Thank you. for your word today, that as we look at um, these great little passages that, um, uh, that we're looking at, um, yeah, mothers, fathers, children, family relationships, and um, we just pray that you would uh, soften our hearts to hear what um, you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Dion. first reading is Ephesians from Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 to 4. Children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honour your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers do not exasperate your children instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And from 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, peace, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives also in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Thanks. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Let us pray. Heavenly Father, give us wisdom and understanding. As we listen to your word, may we know you better, love you more, and learn to please you in all we do. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. After dinner one Mother's Day, Uh, a mother was washing the dishes when her teenage daughter walked into the kitchen and horrified to see her mother at the sink, she exclaimed, oh, mum, you shouldn't have to do dishes on Mother's Day. And the mother was touched by this seeming thoughtfulness and was about to take off her apron and give it to her daughter when the daughter added, they'll keep till tomorrow. (laughs) 
<laughs> this morning being Mother's Day, I'd like to briefly think with you about Christian mothers and grandmothers and fathers, grandfathers, and uh, in particular, honour your father and mother, which was one of the Lord's commandments. Well, the, the Son of God came into this world by a human mother, Mary. Jesus had a divine father and a human mother. And Mary and Faith accepted the responsibility of being the mother of our Lord. Motherhood has been given a high value and a dignity by God. Many years ago, Lord Shaftesbury, who fought for the abolition of slavery, said, give me a generation of Christian mothers and I will undertake to change the whole face of society. Bible Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart always. A London editor uh, submitted to Prime Minister Winston Churchill a list uh, for his approval of all those who had been his teachers. And Churchill uh, returned the list uh, with this comment. You have omitted to mention the greatest of my teachers, my mother. We don't want to underestimate the influence of a Christian mother or grandmother, their teaching, prayers, encouragement and example. In writing to Timothy, Paul could say to him, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. It appears that Timothy's father wasn't a Christian, but Timothy did have a believing mother and grandmother. And today there are situations as well where a mother has a faith that might bring the child through to know the Lord, but the father hasn't. How much we may owe to believing mothers and grandmothers I myself was blessed with a, uh, a believing grandmother uh, in Sydney. She was a committed Christian. It is a big privilege to have or to have had godly parents and or grandparents. Nonetheless, there needs to come the day when I choose to have the Saviour, my parents, and grandparents have or had. Paul could write to Timothy, and now I'm sure this sincere faith dwells in you. In the, in the Gospel of Luke, we hear how after Mary had accepted the responsibility of being the mother of our Lord, <coughs> she then exclaimed, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. Mary personally knew God as her saviour. And Christian mothers 
to know God as their saviour in Jesus. And they therefore depend on his grace and his love and mercy and look to him for his help in their parenting. In particular, Christian mothers wish to help their children come to know God as their saviour too in Jesus and experience his love and grace to them in his son. And the support of the Christian church is going to be a real help for this. Speaking of support on a lighter note, I came across a little article titled Mother's Maintenance Manual and it included the following. Engine. A mother's engine is one of the most dependable kinds you can find. She can reach top speed from a prone position at a single cry from a sleeping child. But regular breaks are needed to keep up that peak performance. Mothers need a hot bath and a nap every 100 kilometres and a babysitter and a night out every 1,000 kilometres. Fuel. Most mothers can run for a fair while on coffee, leftovers and salads, but an occasional dinner for two at a nice restaurant will really add to their efficiency. Battery. A mother's battery should be recharged regularly. Notes, unexpected hugs and kisses and frequent I love yous will do very well for a recharge. Breaks. See that she uses her brakes to slow down often and come to a full stop occasionally. A squeaking sound indicates a need for rest. And tune-ups. Mothers need regular tune-ups. Compliments are both the cheapest and most effective way to keep a mother purring contentedly. Now let's think a bit about God's commandment to honour parents. Now Paul quotes and applies this commandment from the Old Testament in his instruction to Christian families in his letter to the Ephesians. And we'll look at what he says in a minute, but let's first notice that this letter begins by saying what we are saved by before it goes on to teach about what we are saved for. So what are we saved by? Well, in one word, grace. We read, By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. Well, by grace means it is God's free gift. It's all his generosity. It's all his doing. Beginning with what we're saved by, grace, Paul then goes on to teach what we are saved for and includes teaching on living our faith in the home and its relationships. So I reread part of today's passage. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
honour your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. What does this commandment to honouring parents mean and how are we to honour father and mother? Well, honouring parents can take different forms or expressions with the changing circumstances of age. For children, this will be particularly shown in their obedience. At this point, let's simply notice the words for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now, God has patterned life to go in a certain way the way he means it to be for our well-being individually and as a society. And so this is right. Some things are just the right thing to do, aren't they? And this is one of them. The words in the Lord give a particular Christian dimension to this instruction. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And in the letter to the Colossians, we are told that obedience to parents pleases the Lord. So for Christian children, obedience to parents is one main way that they can honour them and please Jesus. Their love for Jesus and their faith in him leads them to obey parents and the Lord helps them to do it. Now, Paul draws attention to how God's commandment on your father and mother is, as he says, the first commandment with a promise attached to it. And he quotes that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Well, basically, that's pointing to how God blesses those who keep this commandment who honour their parents. Uh, That it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth uh, points other things being equal to having a fuller satisfying life. Now next there's a word for Christian fathers and that doesn't exclude the valuable role of a Christian mother but it does highlight the father's responsibility. And mums and dads are to be a team in this matter of parenting, but perhaps we fathers may need even more encouragement and help in our fathering than do mothers in their mothering. I know I'm aware of my own gaps. We read, fathers, do not exasperate your children to anger, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Well, we're told here two things, what we're not to do and what we are to do. What we're not to do or to avoid is to exasperate our children to anger. In other words, we're not to provoke them to anger or aggravate or goad them to anger or resentment. Apparently, the literal word is prick. Maybe today we'd say needle. Now, in the Middle East, uh, when a man ploughed 
his uh, paddock, he had his oxen in front and he had a long stick about six or seven feet long and at the end of it was a spike. And the way he kept his oxen playing when they were getting tired was to keep pricking them. And it's the word the Lord Jesus spoke to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Something similar is written in the letter to the Colossians. Do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Well, provoking, I think, can take on different forms, can't it? Um, there was a little boy at school, and when he was asked his name, he said to the teacher, my name is Johnny Don't. Surely not, she said. Well, that's what Dad always calls me. So being over-strict and always telling a child not to do things can provoke. If a child feels he or she can do nothing right and always doing what's wrong, then that needles, that pricks, that provokes. Constant nagging provokes. So does unfair demands or treatment. It's not fair, tells us a child has a pretty good sense of fairness and justice. But turning now to the positive but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord or in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, that is, of the Lord Jesus. It's not just any training or any instruction, but it is of the Lord. It comes out of the father and mother's personal relationship with the Lord and their experience of his grace and love to them and with the guidance and the help of his spirit within them. In the letter to the Hebrews, we read that God disciplines his children. The Lord disciplines those he loves. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And so fathers and mothers who seek to discipline and instruct in the Lord are really loving their children and helping them, train them to grow up to live right. Now there comes a time when the child rightly becomes independent. So dependence becomes independence and then the honouring will change from a submission to parents, to courtesy and respect to parents. Now today, sons and daughters may well be able to do many things that their parents can't do, particularly with technological matters, but mum and dad may uh, certainly have been around a little longer and may just have a little bit more wisdom through life's experiences, which may include things that they themselves have learnt the hard way and they wish their son or daughter to avoid and so they want them to listen to their counsel or advice. So in growing up to be more independent, the son or daughter can still show honour to dad and mum 
by loving courtesy and respect. And this can be shown in being willing to listen to and consider their counsel or advice, believing it is given out of love and for their well-being. Well, again, on a lighter note, I came across four tips to help teenagers understand parents. Uh, one, don't be afraid to speak their language. Try using strange-sounding phrases like, I'll help you with the dishes. And yes, two, encourage your parents to talk about their problems. And we'll try to keep in mind that to them, things like earning a living and paying off a mortgage seem important. And three, be tolerant of their appearance. When dad gets a haircut, don't feel personally humiliated. Uh, remember, it's important to him to look like his peers. And four, be patient with the underachieving. When you catch your dieting mum sneaking potato crisps and chocolates, don't show your disapproval. Perhaps tell her you like fat mums. <laughs> now there's another stage, uh, isn't there, later on in life when honouring parents may take the form of supporting them who once supported you. And this support of ageing or frail parents may involve various difficulties, questions to resolve and feelings to manage. But these can be worked through with the Lord's help and in the light of seeking to honour the parent. Later in the letter to Timothy, we hear these words. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her, but if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. And so honouring parents uh, can also mean not neglecting them or forgetting them but caring for them and giving consideration to them. And in this matter of honouring parents, Jesus again is our example. For example, we read in Luke that at the age of 12, Jesus, when he went back with them to Nazareth, was subject to them, obedient to them. At the age of 12, uh, a Jewish boy in those days was, was um, beginning to really grow up. He was considered grown up. He made his own decisions from the age of 12. He was responsible for keeping the law. Up to that point, his parents were responsible if he broke the law, but after that, the boy was. Now, Jesus could have said... Well, I'm grown up now and I've come of age, so you don't really have any right to uh, direct my life. But he didn't. Instead, he was lovingly and courteously respectful to his parents and obedient. But the day eventually came, didn't it, when Jesus was suffering and dying upon a cross. He looks down from the cross and he sees a mother who is going through heartache 
and is losing a son. When Jesus was just a baby, Mary had taken him up to Jerusalem to present him to God. And there she heard an old man give a prophecy, not only about Jesus, but about herself. And Simeon had said, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. And that was what was happening here when she saw her son Jesus dying, suffering on that cross. Presumably Joseph is now dead and Mary is a widow. Jesus is concerned for her. We read in John's Gospel. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Well, this loving action was one of the last things that the suffering son of God did. He made provision for his mother and arranged for her to go and live with John. Jesus committed her to John, the disciple he loved, and perhaps who understood him best. So even though he was suffering physically and spiritually, sorely, Jesus was concerned for others and particularly for his mother and her suffering. Yeah, Jesus in his own life is our example in this matter of honouring parents at whatever stage we may be in. But he is more than our example. He is our enabler. For he died for our sins was raised and his spirit is with us to lead us and guide us and teach us in our relationships. Christ died for our sins. And that includes any shortfalls we may have had or have as a mum, dad, grandparent, child, son, daughter. It's by the grace of our Lord Jesus and the love of the Father and the help of the Holy Spirit that our relationships can keep growing in love. Now, not all are mums or dads or grandparents or have a parent or parents still living, but we can all still be encouragers and carers, both within the fellowship of the church and outside. Well, for some it may mean some ministry with children or youth or young adults or the elderly. Others, it may be in some leadership role that they are exercising their encouragement and care. For others, it may be some pastoral care role. But for many of, our, of us, it will be as the Spirit leads us in our daily contacts within our families and beyond in our responsibilities. But whatever it is, with the grace of our Lord and his spirit with us, we can be encouragers and carers for others. And as Steve said, our spiritual mothers, if we are a lady.
even though we may not have children, we can still be spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. So I'd like to just finish by quoting one verse from an old hymn. Now thank we all our God, with heart and hands and voices, who wondrous things hath done, in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Let us pray. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, your Son Jesus Christ shared at Nazareth the life of an earthly home. Bless our homes, we pray that parents and children may be bound to each other by mutual love and honour and come to an increasing knowledge of your love for them through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And ever-living God, whose Son Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life, give us grace to love one another, to follow in the way of his commandments and to share his risen life. Amen.